lunch I eat a sandwich with a glass of Coke to roll. No one can see you drinking when you're working from home. I still produce reports in a professional font. But now when I have downtime, I can do what I want. And welcome to the Existentialist Cucumber, the podcast that's a five-minute walk from our house to the bar, but a 45-minute walk home. And my name is Larry Wu. And I'm Curtis Withers. Uh, Larry, this is the first time we've talked since um, Snowmageddon 2022 in Toronto. In, in, in most of southern Ontario, I guess. Or Snowpocalypse. Yep. That, was the, that, was another, that was another one I heard. I think, yeah. I think we need to be more creative with our, our giant snow days. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. But uh, you're referring to the big snowstorm that hit the GTA area on Monday. And boy, did it come down fast. Because like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, 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 I think I woke up at like two in the morning. I, I, I knew it was coming and I wasn't like brushing it too far. So I didn't realize how much we'd get. I looked outside at two in the morning. It was snowing, but it was, wasn't much. So I kind of went, oh, whatever. The weather guys got it wrong or passed us by. And then I woke up, you know, regular time, 6.30, 7 o'clock. And it was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, it was nuts. I haven't seen that much snow uh, in in a long time like I, I don't remember having to having to like shovel my way you know like normally you're just you're clearing off snow to make it easier for like for like for like you know the the amazon dude to come to your to your porch <laughs> but this Jeez, was you're, that, you're that courteous <laughs> I, 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 I would have pegged you for you're putting obstacles for that guy and say, I'm making you work for your delivery charge well, I don't know. I, I ordered a lot of fragile stuff, so you got to make oh. sure. Uh, but um, yeah, this was actually like in order to in, in order to to be able to to have egress from my property, I had to like tunnel through the snow. It was like it was it was it was a lot, and and like when I first shoveled, it was probably around like yeah seven seven thirty in the morning. Uh, it was still coming down. I was like, well, I gotta I, look how how high it is i have to shovel and then i and i don't have a ton to shovel but like my back was just killing me and i shoveled you know i shoveled the walk i shoveled my portion of the sidewalk and then when i got back to like the steps it was like i shouldn't have even bothered like no 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 your 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 georgetown sensibilities had taught you well you know (laughs) you have to at least clear that first layer and fine you know yeah. it'll, it'll snow over but i think it, the story was also was super windy so it was drifting back anyway so you oh, had to yeah. make sure you were pushing it in the right direction so you weren't pushing it upwind and it was very fine like the snow was very fine it was it was and and yes like as you say it was windy so it was really hard to to get it under control um yeah. but yeah no you're right like yeah doing that first shovel was what was was huge and yeah yeah even though when i got back it looked like it was all covered again you know i had to, i had to shovel two more times but those those were relatively like quick um but yeah it was it was it was pretty crazy and like just cars like cars were just all over the place like not i i, I don't know what it was like in your neighborhood but in my neighborhood most people were sensible and didn't drive on day one <laughs> but even on day two it was nuts. And there's just cars sliding all over the place. You know, everybody needed to put like so many people had to go out and just push cars, you know, out of the out of the snow banks and stuff. So so I'll tell you, day one, so the Monday, 
there were there were a lot of not so smart people and and i, I was very because i was very, I, I want to help people out and i did in in some cases but i i specifically didn't help the people that you don't deserve this help <laughs> i also have a i also have a list of cars that one should never buy in a winter scenario and again the one guy that i didn't feel like helping he was in like uh, I think it was like a Mazda, like the super small SUV, mm-hmm. no snow tires. The guy wasn't wearing winter boots, nor didn't have gloves. <laughs> and and it was one of those guys that just instinctively, I'm stuck in snow and their instinct is to just gun it. So they're sinking. And because oh. there, there's, there's that base layer that, you know, there's so much snow. Because I think it was, what, 45 centimeters in downtown alone? Yeah. So that, that's, that's a lot of snow to fall yeah. in, a, in a short oh, yeah. order, yeah. right? So guys like that, I, I, I didn't help. Because the roads are becoming single drive lanes, it becomes like a goat path. And just seeing people just not being courteous and like, oh, I, I got there first. And just realizing that they're going to get stuck in the snow because it's not driven on. There was a car, I think it was almost jackknife, just the way that they were sliding all over the place. And yeah, they had to wait till a tow truck to get them out because mm-hmm. it, it just they just couldn't get them out. But considering we were already kind of in a lockdown, and I know not everyone could work from home, mm-hmm. but uh, we had fair warning. I think... The Thursday before the weekend, I think they were already kind of calling on snow coming and it was big and whatever. I I think there was fair warning. Yes. Um, Yes. Uh, I definitely, I definitely had been warned by my mom well in advance. Well, she's a smart Um, lady, but doesn't she have some kind of almanac or, or, or. Yes. Kind of, kind of, kind of Weatherstone, the the Georgetown Weatherstone, or am I thinking the one is in Milton, the one, the one that has the sarcastic, if the stone is wet, it's raining. (laughs) If the snow, if, if the stone has snow in it, it's snowing. Yeah. Yeah. She definitely has one of those. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think people were were generally uh, ready for it. And yes, I think the fact that we're in, in a, like, like in a sort of pseudo lockdown or whatever, and a lot of people who are able to are working from home did make it seem less sort of dire. You know what I mean? It was mm-hmm. sort of like, I was looking outside. I said, well, you know, just another excuse for me not to, not to go outside sort of thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, like uh, the guy that you, that you mentioned who is like trying to gun it. Like that just reminds me so much of when I did have a car sort of like back in the two thousands. And, and it seemed to me like back then this level of snowfall or, Maybe not quite this much, but a, a level of snowfall that you'd have to dig yourself out of if you parked on the side of the road was not as uncommon as it is, um, I find, you know, in the last few years. And that was, you know, like half the street was that guy that you just mentioned, like just trying to cut it out of the, and just like, just like, just like causing these like grooves in the snow. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just like the car just gets more and more embedded in the snow well then you got to go and and push them out but they're but they only appreciate it because they're embarrassed and in a hurry at the same time oh they're always in a hurry (laughs) yeah they're always in a hurry yeah and and, and you tell them turn left and then they go the opposite way no back up and they're like why do i need to back up i don't want to go i don't want why would i want back up and it's like oh okay i don't want to help you anymore (laughs) yeah very 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 irritating but yeah i was Props, props to uh, 
props to my East Toronto brethren. I thought that uh, in in my neighborhood, everybody was very well behaved. And and, and I think generally speaking, it, it, people were pretty good in, in helping other folks out. But there, again, there's always a handful of people who are just like, why are you out here? And do you really need to? Mm-hmm. Um, so I have another interesting stat. And the number is 500. And that is the number of TTC buses that were stuck and abandoned across the city. <laughs> like, just wrap that wrap that around your head. So apparently, as of this morning, so this is Monday storm. This morning, there was still 100 buses that still need to be retrieved. That they were just kind of abandoned somewhere on, on some route. That's crazy. That's uh, it's crazy. You mean you mean uh, you mean they they hadn't been uh, dug, dug dug out yet by our uh, intrepid premier? Oh, he's he's doing the best he can. He's only one man, Curtis. So Doug, <laughs> yeah, he's he's he was doing the rounds in his pickup truck. I guess it was like a pickup truck that he had. He had this. Uh, he had uh, some kind of canvas tether, like you know something that he was tying to people's cars and helping to pull them out and. Hey, you know it is election year, Curtis. So I, we we shouldn't be surprised that he's kind of pulling. You know, that that's that's his that's his brand, right? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm I'm you know I'll help shovel some old lady's driveway and you know he he did he did help people out. I'll give I'll give him that. But it was so it was so ridiculous the way he did it, and like yeah, just very much. I mean, this is a guy who who's barely been seen in the last two months as the bad news piles up, you mm-hmm. know. And then the second, like, you know, there's like some sort of some sort of crisis that he that he thinks he he, he can deal with. Then he's out there, you know, like, hey, look at me, look at me, you know, with my little emergency shovel, like getting people where they need to go, you know. <laughs> Helping, helping, helping the folks. Before you move on, let's talk about the emergency shuttle. It, it, it shovel, and, and that's what it is. Like I, I, f- I do feel bad for people jumping on him for making fun of the small sh- uh, shovel. And there's a whole bunch of internet memes that got got born out of it. But it, it clearly was an emergency shovel. Though he's got this big ass pickup truck. Who could have? Hey, he could have had a snowblower back there if he if he really chose to. But yeah, you're right. There was this that 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 photo op, right? Yeah, he just up. looked really. Yeah, it's it wasn't like they were saying like it was a child's shovel, like the kind that a child would bring to the beach, you know, like the pail and shovel combo that you used right, to have. Right, right, right. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't that. But like I guess like with his like his sort size, of, like considerable frame, and yeah. then that little shovel, it sort of did, did look like a child's shovel. It, it, it honestly, like I don't, I feel bad. I'm not making fun of the man's weight, but it does look like a like a Sunday spoon not that wooden one this wooden figure eight uh spoon that you'd get from uh ready-made packaged sundays that's right yeah it does it does kind of look like that and it just looked really funny um you know did you know is it is it nice to go out and help people out in the snow sure but like you know it was just like he he was just milking it for as much as, as it was worth and then he was doing things like Given that complete stranger a ride, neither of them were wearing masks, you know, like um, that's just, you know, we're going to sort of talk about this later. But like, you know, when you're aware of social media and just like, you know, how important perception is, like 
how 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 you thought that that wasn't going to get like heavily criticized um is beyond me right like mm-hmm. but again it, it's 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 on brand right he's he's helping out the old ladies he's picking up the phone he's taking all the phone calls and uh i don't think it's i don't think that's going to stick right people that don't vote for will not vote for Doug will make fun of it and be critical about him but mm-hmm. his quote unquote and we'll talk about my people his yeah. phrase my people in, in a little bit a little bit later on the show um but i, I don't think they're gonna bite but one thing i i did hear just before the snowstorm and i thought to myself did i just hear snow as in like the canadian rapper reggae artist from the 90s 80s 90s like on the radio singing about toronto's snow clearing program and i dug into it a bit and it it is him yeah. <laughs> so 90s superstar he 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 did well right like he, he, he's got what that that he had one giant huge huge album right international superstar snow yeah he had one one hit one hit okay but it was a but it was a big hit yeah so they got him to do this psa for toronto and their snow clearing uh, uh program right and apparently Apparently they had the lyrics written for snow and you know, Hey, he still got his thing. And he went, okay, I'll snowify it. Yeah. And you know, they talk about him going about your day. Then we'll keep an eye on the snowfall. Yeah. And then when it reaches, what is it? Eight inches high, they go in salt or something. I don't, I, eight, I, eight centimeters. Eight <laughs> centimeters. And that turned out to be kind of prescient because like, <laughs> you know, like I was seeing, I was seeing like, 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 like the, the wall, of snow that I had to like shovel out to get to my garbage bins. It's like, yeah, it's like eight, 10 centimeters at least per side. But yeah, if you, if you get a chance, it's, it's going through the radio circuit and it's like, yeah, Hey snow, tell us about the snow program. And then he starts rapping about if it snows a little lightly, they'll salt it. But if the snow keeps coming, falling, uh, fall, I think, yeah, when the, cause when the snow reaches eight centimeters tall, we'll be coming to round your way with the plow. You know, my, uh, my, my, my boss is based in Vancouver. So when I was like on Slack, like, like, uh, you know, just messaging him saying like, oh, it's slow right now. So it's just going to take 10 minutes and do another shovel. He was like, have they, uh, called in the army yet? And other people from other parts of Canada are still making fun of Toronto for when they, when, when Mel Lastman in a similar snowfall, Larry, Yep. which which was january we're coming we're we just passed the anniversary of it at january 14th 1999 yep yeah yeah. Lastman yeah. called in the army to deal with a snowfall and made toronto the laughing stock of canada and, and you know what the uh the the even funnier part about that is now we got more snow this round than we did with mel yeah, absolutely. I've, I've, I've. It, it, you and I went to university in Ottawa, so we had seen prior to 1999 much more significant s- snowfalls that, that did not require military intervention. <laughs> Insert Hoth joke here, right? <laughs> and yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was pretty crazy. Like it was a big snowfall, and you know, it did. You know, it did it help to call in the military to remove the snow. Sure. Was it necessary? Absolutely not. You know, we're already equipped to deal with that kind of a kind of a snowfall. When you call in the military, 
it, you know, obviously it's, 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 it's a dire strain on re- So yeah, it should be dire, not just dealing with like a more inconvenient than usual snowfall. And it's a strain on resources and, you know, no other city does this. So, but that was Mel Lastman, right? Like he was very much, everything's a big production. Yeah. Well, you know, Doug had his little Sunday scooper and Mel had his photo op on the tank, right? Was it a tank or a, or a, not a tank? Sorry, not a tank, like a, um, a personnel carrier. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's tank. What a, yeah. <laughs> rolling in, rolling down university in a tank. Yeah. Can, can I come back to the snow story for a quick second as in yeah. as in the rapper snow? So apparently he shows up to the studio true to form. Right. But how many years have we? not heard from him right decades he shows up with a small entourage including one guy carrying with a guard dog <laughs> so he's got he's got he's got his own his own his own sort of like bodyguard unit i think i think back then they were with calling the it a posse right right what it occurred so that isn't that the term they yeah, show, yeah, yeah. They show up with my posse yeah well, hey, you know that that means that you know the uh, he's probably still getting royalties from Informer, so life's life's been good. Life's been good to snow. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. It's 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 been good. And and hey, you know what? The message is good. So who am I to criticize uh, Snow? But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very curious at what he's doing these days. Yeah, this might revitalize his career, right? Introduce him to a whole new audience. Yeah, this might be his story of Anvil. <laughs> This might be the way, the way that Snow gets back into the public eye. Anvil had the story of Anvil. Snow has his PSA. I, I'd love to see him in, you know, they should do the video in Chatham where he's like riding maybe Sleetwood Mac. <laughs> right. Yeah. They should combine. Yes. They should combine those two initiatives. Maybe, 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 maybe a sample, uh, uh, don't stop, and uh, <laughs> and he can rap. He can rap or reggae over. Don't yeah. stop sample while he's yeah. on Sleetwood Mac. If I was yeah. just, just clearing Mac. snow. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I think we got a winning idea. Yeah. If I if I wasn't so afraid of guard dogs, I would uh, pitch it to him, and you know he can bring his old entourage. Doug is going to do a prefs conference tomorrow from our recording so that's thursday so the podcast will be out after the fact but you and i are going to play a little game that i'm calling dofo bingo and dofo bingo is a bingo card that has instead of numbers under the letters we have common doug ford uh phrases and curtis you have the card in front of you now Mm -hmm. i don't have a card but we're going to play bingo a little differently we'll we're gonna have this uh card during the press conference when it airs but i want you curtis to give us a prediction of what line of words will get bingo first so everyone knows how to play bingo right the center square is free and you just have to match what is called out or in this case what doug says during his press conference once you get a straight line of five then you cry out bingo. So, Curtis, why don't you go ahead and give your prediction of what is going to score bingo first on the Dofo Bingo Show? So according to this bingo card, I have a line here that goes diagonally from the um, top left under the B to the bottom right under the O. 
So I'm going to take the free square in the middle, which is late to the press conference. Yep. yep. Um, so that, that's that's know. a given. So you got yeah, that one. That's so, a given. Oh, before you give out your prediction, Curtis, you should call it out like a, a bingo caller would. So you have to say, you know, B2 or under the B. So I'll let you take it away. Okay. So under the B, I'm going to take modeling. Under the I, I'm going to take every option is on the table. Under the N, that's where I'm going to take the center square late to the press conference. Under the G, capacity. And under the O, my friends. And the reason that I've chosen this line, and the reason I think that's going to play out as, as the bingo, is uh, he always says my friends or folks pretty early on in his in whatever press conference. So I think that's much like late to the press conference. I think that's... That's a given. Mm-hmm. The reason that I picked these other ones is because I think what he's going to do is he's going to announce some uh, relaxing of some of the current restrictions. Mm-hmm. And that, that's why I think capacity is going to come up because I think he's going to talk about um, reinstating some capacity, maybe at indoor venues. Um modeling, he will base this capacity on the modeling from the science table. And Every option is on the table because he always says that when when he talks about like when 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 Ford giveth, Ford also threatens to take away. And he'll <laughs> always say, like, every option is on the table. It could be a full lockdown, emergency break, blah, 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 blah. He's like so, he's like he's like telling his kids in the back of the car, don't make me turn around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that option turning around is off the table, pulling over, all that kind of stuff. So, so I think like given what I think the uh, press conference is going to be about, I think that that's that's a line that's got a it's got a good chance. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I that's a that's a strong choice, and I, 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 I generally would would agree. I, I, I'm, I, I'm thinking that a, a straight line down the O is also a strong contender. Which is COVID, which is seems mm. to be the way he just pronounces COVID. Yeah, folks, sacrifice, unprecedented times, and one that's on your line is my friends. So you have you have folks and my friends. So you're you're forgoing the late to the press conference, which is sweet because you um, need yeah. to do one like straight away. But I think you're gonna you're gonna score a couple of early ones with folks and my friends, possibly. Both in the first sentence. Well, I'm I'm thinking sacrifice in unprecedented times. He'll be very apologetic, saying, mm-hmm. you know, thank you for your sacrifice. This is unprecedented times. Maybe he'll even say, folks, thank you for your sacrifice. These are unprecedented times with COVID. My friends. And then you get it all in the first sentence. <laughs> I could. I I I, yeah. I I could get bingo on the straight down. No. The one the one that I can guarantee won't get it, but I it's one of those you wish would win, uh, would be a bottom line across the bingo card, which is shout out economy, keeping Ontario safe, my friends. And yahoos. <laughs> I, I love what he calls them yahoos. Yeah. Yeah. He hasn't said it in a while, but I mean, you never yeah. know. You never know. The, the he, could, he could bring it back. He could say like, you know, you know, we're going to do this. We're going to like this. But if any yahoos start getting any, you know, and they're like, ah, yes. I, I love the, I, I love that on the card. There's also the, the two fill in the blanks, the, I love blank. Yeah. And, we have the blank in the blank. 
<laughs> so uh that's uh dofo bingo folks so maybe uh play that uh, along uh tomorrow's press conference but as you said curse the most likely they're going to start announcing hey gyms are back open restaurants can go back open because i think and i've been kind of looking at the data and tracking it on my own little spreadsheet and it does seem like uh hospitalizations which is the most important number has seemed to hit a peak and we've been going down since last friday Mm -hmm. now again that might be early when it's been what four weeks five weeks of it going on a 45 degree angle yeah and with no sign of it plateauing or leveling off seeing several days of it going downward trend is that's what they're probably basing it on but you know Mm -hmm. i also i also didn't do well at carlton stats i think i i think i just barely passed that one i yeah, I think they're they're looking at it, and I think that's been the way Omicron has gone in other places that are a bit ahead, ahead of us, right? Like, you know, South Africa, you know, parts of the U.S. Um, but but as you know, Larry, everything's on the table, so you know, unprecedented times, Curtis. Unprecedented times, my friend. Um, something else that happened also this week or news this week was uh, Martin Luther King Day in the United States. So this is a federal holiday honoring martin luther king it was his that was his birthday right is that what they're kind of honorary is that what the significance of the day i I believe it was his birthday yeah yeah but i think they just it's a rotating holiday right it's always the third second or third monday in january but uh folks might not know that not all the states or the states also celebrate some states celebrate this other day which is uh, generally called general lee day Oh, American friends! Very, very, just very, can't, just can't, just can't let it go, right? It was, uh, it was, yeah. It's popular in 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 the more southern southerly states, as one could imagine. So, just for the folks that don't know, in case uh, General Robert E. Lee was a Confederate gen- general during the uh, Civil War, uh, who fought on the southern side. Um. So Texas made Lee Day a holiday in 1931. And in 1973, Lee Day was renamed Confederate Heroes Day. So I don't even know if that's better or worse. I mean, that it's kind of worse, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, <I think laughs> because, so. because it's a catch-all for all Confederate. <laughs> for, 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 all, for, all for all those white dudes, all those old white dudes. Uh, Alabama, Mississippi. Don't you think it's weird that there's some parts in the because because you know the the Confederate the the Confederacy is the enemy of the United States in the Civil War and and you know there's still like huge swaths of the United States that are celebrating you know the the uh, a holiday commemorating the the enemy the enemy side you know like i know that they're that that these are southern you know that these are southern uh, states that are doing this but like you know like the confederate states of america has been, has been a dead idea for you know before i was born exactly i think it was a dead idea i think it was a dead idea when, when the civil war ended right <laughs> let's 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 be honest here it just seems strange to me that that you know that you would have such such like uh maybe in the maybe in the southern states they just they've never really 
Maybe maybe they're still harboring some some secessionist thoughts. Who knows? It just seems weird that you know you would you would celebrate like uh, make America eighteen seventy again. <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's the that's the new catchphrase, right, Chris? I guess I guess so. I guess so. Like it just seems I don't know. It just seems weird. No, no, it, it does. Like to for for us, like you know that they 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 brought this holiday in just because well that holiday is for black folks they can't have why do they get their own holiday it's like i don't know i think i think what's weird for me maybe is when i was a kid maybe it's because of like all those schoolhouse rock videos like you always thought of like i don't know when i was a kid i always thought of like the united states as like Everybody who lives in the United States is super patriotic and proud to be American. And it's one big monolith kind of thing. And I guess like this kind of just proves it's always been as fractured as it is today. It's just it's just like, you know, because of because of the way the media and social media are, it's just it's just far more pronounced. Yeah. And then back back in the 70s, who was controlling the messaging? Jimmy Carter. It's in, it's in the books. Another General Lee Day in the books. Um, my, my, my company, um, which I will protect by not saying, uh, they gave all, they gave all of our American staff, uh, a Martin Luther King day off, which I think out of this year, out of all the years of working with, uh, American clients, this is the first year I think that it's, it's been pretty widespread that everyone had this Monday off before it was just like, oh, it's, it's what the federal government workers get off it's a bankers type holiday mm-hmm. like no one had the you know you asked me this five years ago i said no oh, no the people will be at work it, it won't it won't it's a non-thing but mm-hmm. good for them you know like i always um, know i always know when it is because there's a lot of afternoon sports games hmm yeah there's always the yeah. matinee always the matinee games matinee right? games i'll be at work and i'll be like hey there's actually sports to watch <laughs> All right, when we head on to the headlines. A new epidemic is raging through Springfield, and this one didn't start with Krusty Burger's Whatchamacarcus sandwich. Okay, so this first headline, uh, we talked earlier about uh, life in Ottawa. Uh, Both you and I went to Carleton, and we we know about the famous uh, Rideau Canal, which runs right behind Carleton, and you can skate all the way up to the parliament buildings it's very beautiful it's a huge tourist attraction only as an adult i've actually went there during the summer and took the boat tour and it was very informative and things like that but this headline this will take the cake curtis driver crashes car through ice on rideau river takes selfie to commemorate so apparently the woman was uninjured and was seen in images and videos widely circulating on social media, smiling and taking a selfie as the car sank into the frigid river. So somehow she got her car into the river. So it's it's not the canal, but it's the river itself. But still, they, they connect. Um, and she was like driving around for a few kilometers before she finally hit a thin spot and her car sank through the ice and the photo here is of her on the back windshield uh taking a selfie yeah it's it's quite it's quite crazy uh she's apparently she's quite proud of herself for this whole thing um nobody really knows why she was driving on the frozen river um or how long she's been driving on it but uh 
um, she had to get rescued by there, there was a there was a, um, a couple of rescuers came by in in kayaks to mm-hmm. rescue her. One of the rescuers said that afterwards uh, uh, she was smiling ear to ear. She obviously this was like some kind of stunt, but I don't understand the end game. Like other than you get like a pretty unique selfie. Um, she she obviously had no emotional attachment to that car. <laughs> yeah, because like it's, it's that car's cost, done. Yeah, and she's gonna have to pay to get it fished out, whether or not she wants to keep the car or not. Now, right? like now, now I'm not a you know you know me, Curtis. I'm not a beachcomber or Baywatch rescuer in any way, shape, or form. But I would think that they'd have to wait till spring to get that car out, right? Yeah, I would guess so. Uh, yeah, it wouldn't make any sense to do it now. Yeah, so they're going to have to wait around and they're going to get it out. As this car is leaking fluids into the lake, into the river. Yeah, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sure. I mean, I guess it depends. I guess I guess it depends how quickly it thaws. I don't really, it, you know, it is Ottawa, like you say. So it's, uh, it can get fairly, fairly frigid. But um, yeah, like I just don't see how they're going to how they're going to fish it out cuz they're going to have to get it out and i just don't understand you know how she's not going to have to pay for it <laughs> like it just seems to be well, so I, I i think she's banking on the fact that her social media posts will monetize itself enough that she will pay for all of it and then on top of it make her do you know guess like our our friend from last week who shot himself in the side of the face Oh, for yeah. social media shock so do you think that I, maybe she's gonna try to make that selfie into an nft oh if she was if she was smart i you know one could easily make an nft yeah which i, I have another story because i think i'm actually sort of have a working understanding of what an nft finally is now that there was a video game tie-in i think now I, I i have a better sense but uh yeah let's leave a selfie taking uh, social media influencer to be um i weep for humanity yeah god yeah i i <laughs> I, I, I i'm i i weep <laughs> weeping i think i think even general lee would uh would 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 disagree with uh, with uh, with the actions of of said woman the next story is an interesting one for those uh f- folks that are into grammar or this might trigger them <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't tell what, 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 would, what would really happen. So uh, the headline is No Diggity. Uh, Merriam-Webster's drags Toronto for poorly worded dog sign. So this is a City of Toronto Municipal Code 608 dog sign. Oh, it's specifically for dog signs. It, uh, I think it's mostly posted in, in uh, dog parks or kind of enclosed spaces. And it says, and I'm reading this exactly what the sign says. Dogs that dig holes must have owners fill them in immediately. Mm-hmm. So, so either the dogs the dogs have to tell the owners to fill them in. Like it sounds like it's imperative that that like it's imperative on the dogs that the owners fill in the the hole. But then the other way to take it is that the owners have to fill the dogs in. I got to fill you in, Fido. <laughs> on the on the municipal code 608 yeah so uh webster's 
posted on Twitter. See, this this is where Twitter's good, right? As their writing puzzle of the day, which was reword the sign to make it sound less weird. The preferred but not only solution would be to fill in these blanks. Owners will blank, blank, fill, blank, 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 dig. <laughs> so, of course, this is the internet, right? Thank you, internet people. Don't stop intranetting. Uh, so people had some choice uh, solutions, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them being, you know, things like owners must fill in dogs on the inappropriateness of the <laughs> holes they dig, which is kind of what you were kind of alluding to, right? Yes. Um, oh, this one's, this one's a good one. If your dog digs it, you undig it. You dig? <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think it's a, it's a really strange... It's a really strange sign. I'm gonna go looking for this sign now. Oh yeah, I, I, I. How about this, Curtis? Get, get yourself a selfie while on top of the sign, or do a selfie of you digging a hole, or, or berating a dog. Somebody, uh, somebody posted another, another sign that says it's also a Toronto sort of bylaw sign, and it's attention, responsible dog owners do not allow their dogs to bark and disturb the neighborhood, which is, which is less grammatically weird. But also worded fairly, in a fairly, uh, I find, humorous manner. I, I, we just need to, to, to talk to the person that's making up these signs and saying, this makes sense. <laughs> uh, the next headline we'll just kind of briefly talk about because the Nevermind baby. So the little baby that is on the cover of the album of Nirvana's album, uh, Nevermind, which, uh, by the way, this gentleman is now in his... 20s right late 20s he must be right um that's he's got to be well well never mind i guess turns yeah turns 30 next year right mm-hmm. so yeah he'd be in his, in his late 20s early 30s i guess but Curtis, you uh, you mentioned that this is not, and i think we talked about this maybe in the podcast before this is not the first time he's tried to sue Courtney Love, the surviving members of of, uh, of Nirvana, over child pornography, quote unquote. No, I think we I think we touched on this story in a previous episode during his previous uh, one of his previous lawsuits. Yeah. So um, I guess it, uh, I, I mean I, I I don't know like at what point do you is there a point where you just exhaust all your all, all your avenues to sue or is it just like as long as you're willing to pay lawyers you can just keep doing it like as long as some lawyer thinks that there's a chance or some remote you know lionel hutt's uh research reason that they think they can win it then a lawyer will take it on and uh, you know away they go this has huts written all over it i bet you i bet you that the lawyer much like lionel hutt said to this guy you're the <laughs> you're the greatest hero in american history <laughs> And I get to keep this birdcage. <laughs> if, if people aren't re- remembering what the title is. So he was four months old. He's swimming in water naked. And he's uh, looks like he's it's supposed to look like he's chasing a dollar bill that's on a hook and line. Yes. I guess it's caused him lifelong damage to his psyche where people saw him naked, I guess. And like there is there is like if you go to my house. There is probably like no less than 10 baby pictures of me naked. 
like just around, right? Like just when you were when you were when you're a baby. Yeah, that's people do. People take those photos. Yeah, you know, but you're not suing your mom and dad, are you? Or are you considering it? Well, well, now I'm going to consider it. <laughs> just call Lionel Hutz, uh, yeah, aka I Miguel want to be Sanchez, the greatest hero in Canadian history. Yeah. Um, but like, I mean, the thing is, like, I just don't understand how it could be causing him distress to this day. Like the, like the baby picture, you know, doesn't even look like me. You can't tell. You can't tell looking at that baby. You know. You mean it doesn't have a beard and glasses? Doesn't have a beard and glasses. You know, um, hairline's about the same. Um, <laughs> but you know. Uh, also, also, I have I I, I wear the uh, I wear I wear the the wariness and jadedness of forty nine years of existence. No, oh. I think you have a case. <laughs> All right, why don't we go to the next headline? This headline uh, talks about our 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 technology or lack of understanding of the NFT, the gap. So the clothing chain, The Gap, launches its first collection of NFTs. So I pulled this NFT story because there's NFT stories all the time. This one, this one confuses me even the worse, worse because it's The Gap is a brick and mortar store that sells clothing. So where's the tie-in? But apparently, as Gap has rebranded themselves, they've always been on the edge. What was the quote, Curtis? Here, they. Uh, they're always on the edge of 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 music, rock and roll, and culture. I'm like, are you kidding yes. me? Where, where does where where does the the beige khakis phase come in? Yeah, I don't know. The gap is uh, <laughs> yeah, the gap the gap is pretty safe. Yeah, like, it's safe and it's relatively inexpensive clothing. Yeah, yeah. It's it. I I I I'll, I'll admit I I shop there, but I shop there because it was like the beginning of my career and it was like quote unquote business casual and it was, you know. Oh yeah, it's fine. I get stuff there. Yeah, but yeah, no, I, I and, and I did you know that I worked at the Gap in uh, Rideau Mall? Yeah, I did know that. Yes. Yeah, but um, I uh, yeah I I I I also shop at like uh, you know Best Buy. I wouldn't get I wouldn't get a Best Buy NFT. Yeah. So the, these these are just artworks uh, by collaborations with other artists drawing. In this case, it was like I guess it's supposed to be an ape. Like it looks more of like a, a yeti that's wearing like a Gap hoodie. Yeah, Frank Ape. I don't know. Is that is that like their mascot or something? Frank Ape. I've never we're heard of we're we're not we're not hip, Curtis. I'm sure it's something super popular and relevant that someone would want these. What effectively is is a, like a digital baseball card. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's what I'm getting with yeah. my limited knowledge. That's what I seem to understand but, it as. So, so to help to help us understand and even our, our folks listening to understand NFTs a bit further. So, uh, after digging in and and just doing at least some solid kind of attempt at some research and understanding it. So, the best thing I could come up with is an NFT is effectively you're buying a receipt, right? You're buying a receipt that you own a one-of-a-kind digital piece of artwork or one-of-a-kind digital asset, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, so the analogy I had, which was, you know, I, I have uh, an Andy Warhol print, which is clearly not the real Andy Warhol. The real Andy Warhol is somewhere 
I guess it's in Cleveland. My print has no value whatsoever, but the real one does. And the real one, you can prove ownership by, I don't know, uh, someone has some type of authenticity or way of authenticating it. But the NFT uses um, uh, the blockchain technology to always trace which one is the original. So even though I'm looking at the Gap uh, Frank Ape thing, and I can obviously take a screenshot or even copy that image, it is still not the authentic real one. Mm -hmm. So, you know, am I happy with my print that I bought from Andy Warhol? Sure. Is it the real one? No. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I guess, again, it's it's something that people can spend money on and then obviously trade because there's some rarity to it. Right. Now, you and I talk about video games all the time and there is some controversy or some rumblings about NFTs going into the video game space. I can kind of see it. It made me understand it a bit more when they talked about it in the video game terms. So popular game like Fortnite or even any of those online games, you know, you're spending real money on cosmetics for the game. So it doesn't help you win the game or be better at the game. It's like, oh, look, I can do this funny dance or I have um, a skin that makes my character look like Gumby. The NFT in video game terms would mean, like those skins that I talked about in that, those cosmetics, I can, anybody can go out and buy and people would just have it. It's propagated to whoever's willing to purchase it. Uh, The NFT would basically guarantee that only one person in the entire game So all 15 million people playing the game, only one person has this skin or object in the game. Can't leave the game, but again, people would probably see value in that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But the danger of it in video games, and that's what the controversy is coming up, is that eventually someone's going to create an NFT that's like a a weapon, spell, something that you can use in-game and then be able to dominate the game and it's going to yeah. sell like crazy. Yeah. I, I, I would, I mean, the game that I, I, I really like playing final fantasy 14 is kind of going through this right now where the publishers have thought about getting into NFTs and a lot of the players are uh, upset about it, talking about it all the time in like the, the chats and stuff. Um, now some people, and I'm kind of in this camp to a degree are like, as long as it's like cosmetic stuff or like, you know, um, stuff that doesn't, that doesn't give you an advantage in the game, who cares how people want to spend their money. You can talk about the ethics of blockchain technology and how much energy it uses, uh, uh, to produce stuff that has no inherent value. Um, but, but from simply a gaming perspective, it doesn't really matter to me i uh, i do agree with you though that there is the potential for a slippery slope and if it gets to the point where like you know that this kind of technology becomes some sort of pay to win mechanism for a lot of these games especially the um especially the the competitive games like final fantasy 14 is a bit more of a cooperative game so it's you know the imbalance isn't quite as stark but like in something Mm. like like Overwatch or Fortnite, where you're vying against other people, um, yeah, I, th- I think that is a a a potential danger. 
Yeah. And and I, you're going to see more and more of these come up as the metaverse starts to take shape. If anyone's seen the movie Ready Player One, that basically gives you a glimpse into what the metaverse is going to be like. And there's objects in there that only rich people can own. And then I think the main character or maybe the villain, one of them has an object that is like so rare in the, the universe, it would be no different than an NFT, that they own it. They, they're the only ones that has it, have it. And it's like some ultra crazy weapon with crazy powers or I forgot what did it stop time or I, I, I forgot what it does, but it, like, it was very, very powerful, right? Um, so it'd be no different. Um, I know we've been talking about video games uh, with this analogy, so I'll bring up a, a board game analogy. It would be like if you were able to buy a Scrabble square that was worth 500 points <laughs> and it can be any it can be any letter or, um in on uh, in, in the alphabet yeah yeah just like a super square i think it would, i think it would be i think it would be hilarious if it was an it was an e it was an e that was worth 100 points <laughs> i spelled eel oh wow big 3 points on triple no I'm afraid it's 103 point, 102 points. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it'll be on a triple letter score. 302 points, please, for Eel. Yep. And then, and then that's Damn when you... Damn you, NFTs. Exactly. So that that's kind of the danger in how the video game industry is seeing it. So Scrabble players, beware. Maybe I'm going to... Uh, I'll create a Scrabble NFT for that that uh, 100 point E. <laughs> or, or somehow change the the the... the the mechanics of the English language and allow the E to be a consonant or vowel, like the Y. I hate yeah. the Y. Yeah. Okay? I hate the Y. Um, okay, the next headline <laughs> before this gets weirder. <laughs> China claims that Canada is the source for the first Beijing Omicron case sent via mail. Oh, how petty have we become. This is purely <laughs> a, a political decision, right? Like this was, this was just basically trying to create some type of propaganda like i like who who's gonna believe this right like we already know it's an airborne virus and like china's on the other side of the planet like how long can that virus stay alive in an envelope yeah and this is let's let's be let's be honest here this is also the postal service (laughs) and 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 it would it would go on a on a on a plane which you know i don't know i don't know what the because it would be a cargo plane, right? Yeah. I don't know what kind of what 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 the conditions are for things for like, you know, inanimate objects traveling on a cargo plane, but I don't know if if things generally survive survive the trip like let alone, you know what I mean? Like I just think that it would it would it would die out. It would certainly die out before it got to but China again, it was uh, like if somebody coughed in an envelope and then and then addressed it to China and sent it. Like I think, I just <laughs> you just write down China, China. <laughs> downtown China. <laughs> you know, then uh, I just don't. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think what's happened is like the sabers weren't being rattled enough over the last couple of weeks, and they're like, well, yeah. let's. Well, let's I think they're trying going. to take they're trying to take the heat off. Probably maybe trying to take a bit of the heat off the Olympics. They, you know, don't look at what we're doing here, and you know, it's your fault. The West is trying to poison us. Or mm-hmm. like you said, 
the West doesn't have Omicron under control. In fact, they're giving it to us through mm-hmm. yeah, open yeah. mail. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. Governments are very good at deflection. Yeah, especially, especially communists by choice. Yep. <laughs> Uh, all right. This one's a hilarious one. Jesus, we, we, this is our second dog story of, of the episode. Keep them coming. Alberta restaurant ordered closed for accepting dog photos as proof of vaccination. So the poor granary kitchen in Alberta got closed down because it was actually an inspector. Like they, they basically, pl- it was a plant. So, oh, so it was an, an inspector had the dog photo? Yeah. And, and then tried to use it. And then once the inspector got access to the restaurant with the dog photo. Then, then he was like, ha ha, you're closed. <laughs> yep. That's kind of sort of almost, uh, I feel, I feel a bit bad for them a little bit. It kind of reminded me though of, um, again, uh, to go back as I, as I tend to do to hearken back to our days at Carleton university. Do you remember the, the bar, uh, city club? I think later it was changed its name to Shay Henri. But it was called City Club in Hull. Yep. Yep. So in Hull, I just remember they were way more lax about the way that uh, that they dealt with IDs. And I don't know if it was because of the onus of like if you if you had a fake ID, if the if sort of like the um, the punishment lied with the patron who showed the fake ID rather than the establishment at one point in time or what it was. Mm-hmm. But as long as as long as you attempted to show something when asked for ID, yeah. they would let you in. And I know it, it, it you know, it, it changed at one point in time. But in first year, it was crazy. And uh, one guy from my floor showed a Clark Gillies hockey card and said, <laughs> "See, you're right on the back, born in 1970 or whatever." And then. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and a decent rookie year yeah <laughs> hey, they're like hey congratulations congratulations on those when, islanders dynasties yeah come on and, in and when did you shave those sideburns you should have kept those sideburns <laughs> so so that's what that that kind of reminded me i mean a dog is far more egregious like at least this was a human being but oh boy all right uh the final story this one again politicians just be smarter (laughs) jugmeet singh and his wife have realized their error will pay one thousand eight hundred ninety five dollars for a rocking chair gift gurkran which is uh, uh jugmeet's uh wife i guess she's an instagram influencer the thing is she still has to follow the same rules i assume that he does but uh, they were gifted a rocking chair, a very lovely looking rocking chair, by the way. And, and, and they also just had a child. So congratulations, uh, Jugmeet. So she posted a photo of Jugmeet and their new child using the chair. And she, you know, did her influencer thing. Oh, great chair, blah, 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 family time, hashtag, hashtag, hashtag. And she tagged the company that made the chair, which I would think... It's still above board if she does it. I I think that's yet to be determined. Uh, but then Jugmeet thought it would be a great idea that he'd do the same thing. So he posted on his Instagram page, which he is very active on social media. Same picture, lovely photo, great chair. And he tagged the company 
that made the chair, which is then the ethics committee starts crying a foul. So they, they've agreed to pay for the chair. No harm, no foul there. But once again, isn't that like politics? Number one, don't accept gifts. I mean, it's supposed to be like in any in any sort of job, like it's the same with with us, right? We're not supposed to accept them either in any job where like, you know, you can you can sort of, uh, you know, gain influence or curry favor through gifts like, yeah, there's it's ethically it's, uh, you know, it's 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 an ethic ethical no, no. Um, mm-hmm. and it, yeah, I, it, it surprises me that someone who's like as social media savvy as Jugmeat got caught in that sort of, but I guess like, you know, it probably seemed innocuous at the time. And then, you know, and then, and then, you know, after the backlash, it's like, yeah, that was pretty dumb, but it is, uh, we were talking a bit before the, uh, the show. It's just, it just amazes me what. And this was like a fairly mild case, like just what people will will put on social media or even if it's not their own tweets, so what people will like or retweet on social media and and then be surprised when it catches up to them. Like you'd think you'd know by now just through the myriad examples of of, of people who have, you know, liked or wrote inappropriate things on social media that everybody can see that it comes back to, to bite them in the ass. And then <laughs> the fact that, that people are still getting caught with a stick because this happens all the time. Like we're constantly, you know, fielding stories in, in sports about, you know, um, not just athletes, but people in sort of like positions of, you know, you know, you know, positions of trust, like coaches, administrators that are just getting still getting caught because they've they've you know posted uh, misogynist jokes, racist jokes, or they've liked them or retweeted them, like how do you guys not know that everybody can see this? <laughs> so a story that just broke right like probably hours ago was uh, Dave Bedford, right? Dave Bedford, yes, that was a, the, 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 our big one for today. So so who who was he exactly? He was, I believe, the CEO of Athletics Canada. He was in, in a position of he was in he was in a uh, um, he was in a sort of like high ranking front office position at, at Athletics Canada, and I believe he had retweeted some. I don't know if he wrote any of the stuff, but he had retweeted some pretty gross stuff on on social media, or re, you know, Twitter, I guess specifically. So, so here's, here's, here's one of his creep posts, as you were ex- explaining. A woman remarks about not wearing a bra. A tweet from Bedford's account responds, always important to have a couple of firm, upstanding individuals. Like it's, 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 it's a bad, it's a bad joke to begin with, even without factoring in the offensiveness of it. Like, <laughs> And then, and then, just to put that on, you to put that on so, in social media, in particular when you're, I don't know when, I don't know what his job was when he did that. Like, not not that it should matter. Like, you, you shouldn't be putting that stuff on your account. Um, but if he had any aspirations of the kind of job that he, you know, was recently sort of ousted from, he, that stuff's going to catch up with you. No, oh, yeah. 
Um, we, we don't have it as a headline, but it's because it's everywhere and everyone probably knows the story is uh, ex-prince got kicked out of the royal family. Oh, yeah, that's right. And he's yeah. on his own now, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. So he's, he's defending his he's defending his civil suit as a quote unquote private citizen. Uh, yeah, that he, he's he's done right. Yeah. Or, or, we're pretty sure. Like, if the queen's not going to defend you, yeah. And, yeah. This, and this is the queen that defended her grandson dressed as a Nazi. I think this is the queen who defended uh, um, Pinochet, the old Chilean uh, uh, dictator. It was a big, big friend of his, I think. <laughs> I, I should, if, if Liz is not coming to bat for you with this time, I should make knows. sure. I should make sure it was 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 her before. I <laughs> okay, so could do, do we get a fact check, please? <laughs> Fact check, please. Fact check, please. Before we, uh, before the royal family comes after us. I know somebody, so, some people high up in Britain were uh, were fans of his. Um, was it the queen herself? Don't worry, Curtis. If if uh, if some royal guards show up, well, it could wielding be, could be, it could be li- it could be libelous. <laughs> could be libelous. There is a there is a there is a picture of. Uh, Picture of the queen with with them at one point in time, but anyways, yes, I'm just uh, just I'm, I'm just trying to say that she has defended she has defended some, somewhat questionable people in her time, and if you can't if you can't carry her favor as, as her son, then then yeah, you're in trouble. I think so. Okay, that 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 goes the headlines for this week. Pretty crazy week, especially with the snow and 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 stuff. Um, just to kind of close out the episode, uh, Book of Boba Fett just passed. Uh, what? There's only two more episodes after this week, right? Yeah, I think um, so. is it is it a six? Is it another six episode one? Probably right. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. There's only six episodes. Uh, so as 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 this week the flashbacks and the present time are started to converge so i guess that's uh where things will start kind of coming into play um i'm still enjoying it like it's surprising me you know each week um and i i'm 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 still enjoying it. i like you like the uh uh the treo uh, cameo from last week. At first, at first, I thought, are they going to let him speak? You can't have Danny Trejo in there, and not give him any lines. Yeah, <laughs> machete in machete in space. Yeah. But yeah, as 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 a as a rancor handler, it's perfect for him. How fitting? No, no, it's like it's totally fitting, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, so so just like the Sand People and Tuscan Raiders, they're giving the rancor like a personality. Yeah, the rancor. So they're just not. Yeah. They're, they're not mindless beasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Rancor gets a personality. And uh, yeah, I thought uh, the episodes have been pretty good uh, so far. We'll talk, uh, I guess, a little more next week about uh, as we as it sets up after the penultimate episode, as it sets up for the finale. Um, yeah, and then we'll talk about it in its totality. Yeah, so yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll give it a better treatment. What else uh, dropped this week is the trailer, full trailer for Moon Knight, which is... Looks like the next Disney Plus offering on a weekly episodic uh, format. I don't think I, I... I do have like the late 90s reboot 
of Moon Knight. I think I have like the first four or five issues. Another kind of, do I call him obscure? I think so. Obscure character that people know about, but I don't think I ever had a, a friend that, you know, oh, you know, just really loved Moon Knight. <laughs> it's just. No, he was just kind of like, he was around, you know, like, um, I, I, I really only knew about him because like, I, did you ever get those like guide to the Marvel universe comics that they used to come out with? And it was just, it was just essentially encyclopedia entries for all the characters. And some of them would be really obscure, like, mm-hmm. uh, like Angar, the screamer and it's <laughs> like, it's like that. And then, you know, molecule man. Yeah. And like, so some of them, like, you know, like, like Captain America would have like a four or five page entry. Then some guys would have like half page entries or whatever. And so Moon Knight, I remember had a, I think he had a decent entry word, but that's what I knew him from because I thought he looked really cool. And, yeah. uh, and it showed sort of like the many personalities of Mark Spector. Cause that's the, that's the thing is like Moon Knight has got uh, multiple personality disorder um yeah. and uh but i never really read any of and 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 kind of like hawkman he's got like that egyptian yeah uh, like the source of his power yeah, yeah. yeah sort of like a a uh, egyptian cosmic sort of deity sort of empowerment yeah but yeah, it looks cool i like uh, i like what they've done with the costume and stuff so you know it could be pretty interesting yeah because they had something to overcome with it becoming a live action which was they couldn't take him pluck him right out of the comic book pages because otherwise he just looked like a jawa in a <laughs> white cloak right yeah. because you would never you could never really see mark's face i think in when he has the costume on right or no you know yeah it would just be just have the cowl and then it would be like black and you could black. see his eyes like, yeah, yeah. So, so the the Jawa. Yeah. So the the live action, uh, which stars Iser, uh, uh, Oscar Isaac. You actually see he actually has like a face mask, which is like uh, incorporating Egyptian mummy wrappings, and I thought that looked really really cool. In fact, I think the whole costume is kind of like mummy wrappings, and then there's the cloak because there's that cool scene where he transforms into uh, Moon Knight and how the costume kind of envelops him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doesn't look like a happy one. Not lighthearted for sure compared to the ones we've seen before. This might be more, let, let's uh, let's say more of the DC realm where people want that quote unquote serious, dark and gritty feel. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of like how uh, Shazam was to DC as uh, <laughs> Moon Knight would be to Marvel. Like Shazam's pretty quippy and lighthearted in the dc universe and yeah that now we're injecting some dc <laughs> oh everything's horrible and grungy and dark and um you brought up something interesting and uh we'll we'll close this off have you seen wonder woman 1984 i have yeah yeah so i i saw it this weekend for the first time and i don't know really what to make of it <laughs> i think the ending really struck me as kind of i don't know Odd. Like I know Diana has many, much more many powers, but just kind of suddenly she can fly no problem. And the lasso basically she does she does whatever she wants with it, right? Like it's 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 almost like a like venom, mm-hmm. right? It's like, it's like an extension that she oh I can catch a bullet, I can use it to swing on a lightning bolt, and I, I think I don't know, I think I'm just convinced that I, I I just don't like anything that DC puts out. 
Well, I, I I wanted to I really wanted to like it because I liked the first Wonder Woman. Quite a oh bit. yeah, first one's great. And then and then I liked the because I remember seeing the trailers and it and they were they had like Blue Monday was the soundtrack of the trailers and you know, it was Wonder Woman eighty four and I was like oh yeah the the eighties finally getting their due and then uh, yeah then it wasn't that wasn't really that good like we paid the extra to to see it like you know really really early on when it came to uh when it came to streaming like we paid like the you know 30 bucks or whatever it cost to to, mm-hmm. to, to see it uh uh you know soon soon after release and uh i mean there were things i did like about it and then but overall i thought that it was a fairly mediocre entry into the superhero yeah. genre i i i, I was kind of glad that um Pedro Pascal didn't turn into some giant, crazy, unstoppable monster, and then there was another monster fight. Yeah, at the end, I was like, "Oh, don't, don't we don't want to need to see that." And then the, you know, how everything got resolved was fine. You know, it, it it was what it was. And then the after credits cameo of Linda Carter, as mm-hmm. cool as it was to put her in there, but it was just like that. Just felt really out of place. <laughs> <laughs> no, it did. Like you know, it was like, oh. Look, she she the, the, they're at a what of us like a circus or something like that or, or some type of outdoor festival and this beam falls and this woman catches it with one hand and she's wearing a cloak and you do hear about the character at the big earlier in the movie who wore this armor that was to hold back the world of men like right but the armor got destroyed quite quickly yeah <laughs> probably never to be used ever again. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was kind of interesting. Um, you uh, did you ever end up seeing the uh, the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League? I don't know if I really hate myself that much yet, Curtis. But uh, no, I haven't seen it because I don't think it's available anything any format that I can get my hands should, on because be it's only on, be on Crave. Oh, should be on yeah. I only I only have the, I only have the pedestrian version. Oh, of Crave. right, right. Yeah, I think this is like the HBO. <laughs> sort of version but um because we had that before we cut the cable i think that's one of the last things we watched before we cut our cable um i still say that that sort of end credit scene is one of the most bonkers awesome end credits <laughs> scenes of 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 any movie i've any movie of that genre i've seen but yes you do have to sit through four hours or whatever it is of uh of 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 yeah sex that i I think we've talked about it before. I will contend that I was very pleasantly surprised by it, but and I will reiterate again: the bar was exceedingly low. <laughs> that's 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 that that should just be a, a, a euphemism for everything in life. Set the bar so low that everything's awesome. Everything's awesome when you expect <laughs> just you, you know, shit every time. But uh, yeah, yeah, I realize I'm damning the movie with fate praise. I, 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 I was, uh, I, I was, I, I have no. I mean, we tried to watch the the Whedon cut, and I fell asleep. And this at least held my attention. Okay, all right. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll consider it if I can somehow find my hands on it. But yeah. uh, 
But that ends another awesome episode of the Existentialist Cucumber. You can catch Curtis and I weekly on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Remember to leave us a little rating on both apps now. And on Apple, you can leave us a great little comment. Any parting words, Curtis? From the snow day, are you going to go back out there and shovel now, or what's what's? I am gonna. I'm gonna definitely go and and check if I need to salt anything uh, down. Um, Other than the salmon that you intend to smoke, <laughs> remember to, to bathe that. Well, funny you should mention that we had salmon for dinner tonight, and uh, <laughs> I ba- I didn't smoke it. I baked it, but I did put a liberal amount of kosher salt on it. Okay. And uh, next episode, we'll also follow up on uh, whether or not uh, you scored bingo on the DOFO uh, press conference. Yeah, I'm feeling, so we'll, I'm I'll feeling try to track that. pretty good about my chances. I, 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 I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm rooting for you, man. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. And just remember that sometimes a cucumber is just a cucumber. If I'm sucker, you won't hear me moan. I'm living the good life while I'm working from home.